Okay, gents, I think we'll start. Uh, my name is Ted Severn, and uh, what I'd like to do is uh, really have this kind of be informal. Uh, I'm not here to lecture to you. Um, what I'd like to do is kind of get an interaction going on. And uh, let me introduce myself to you first, and then uh, what I'd like to do is kind of briefly go around the room, and I'll have you guys introduce yourselves, if you would, please. Uh, I am a uh, retired Army guy, spent about uh, almost 29 years in the infantry business, commanded up through brigade uh, level. Uh, since I've retired from the Army, uh, I have basically worked uh, government contracts, spent about uh, seven seven and a half years over in the Middle East, primarily in Saudi Arabia, working with their two armies uh, sometime in the last 14 years. They have uh, a National Guard Army, which is their internal security and anti-terror security. They also have a, an external army called the Royal Saudi Land Forces, and they're responsible for external security. Um, and so uh, we spent an awful lot of time with those guys. Currently work uh, for a company called the BAE Systems, it used to be United Defense. We build all the Army's tracked combat vehicles except for the M1 tank. And so we're still, even though I'm considered too old to fight, uh, we're still trying to help out with uh, war effort. Uh, I've probably been a, you know, I've been a churchgoer uh, all my life, uh, sometimes more, uh, <laughs> uh, more regular than at other times. And that's kind of the way I spent my time as an infantry guy. I felt I should set the example for infantry troopers. And so I went to church frequently, especially when I was in command of a unit. But I can't say that I was particularly spiritual, had read the whole Bible through. Uh, so I'm kind of a late bloomer. I really began this thing when I retired from the, the Army. And, we'll, and I'll be glad to bring that out uh, perhaps in some of our discussion. So having said that, uh, what I'd like to do is kind of work our way around the room. I'd like... Uh, us to know who you are and uh, whether or not you've had experience in uniform because the title that we were asked to kind of talk about today is the importance of being a Christian in uniform and out of uniform. And in uniform doesn't necessarily mean uh, the military. It could be some other kind of a service that helps uh, kind of keep society in line. And I know we've got one great guy here and his two sons. And so that, that's what we want to kind of talk about. So it, Please relate any experience you may have in uniform. Gary. Gary Bolster, uh, retired U.S. Army, 20, 20, 25 years, Army Cav. Uh, Nick Wong, I'll be going into the Air Force after I graduate. Way to go, Nick. From college this year. So. Yeah, good. Where are you going to school? UCCS. Good. That's a good school. I had two sons graduate from there. Okay. Go ahead. You're in high school now, Larry? Yes. Okay, good. Good good for you. Dan? Dan? Okay. I'm Tom Brownsford. I'm 20 years, 5 months, 27 days, give or take a few hours in the United States Army. Uh, currently working for Computer Science Corporation on a contract with North Carolina headquarters of Network City. Good. Colin? Uh, Cole and 
drew you to the course here? Oh, I just, I work at Fort Carson. We have excavating business. I work there, and I'm around it all the time. And I work with and so on are in it. I just interested in how the authority structure operates. Structure and how people think and act yeah, and react boss, and so on. My okay. boss is, he was military his whole life. Just, well, good. We're glad to have you here, by golly. Matt? Uh, Matt Barton. Uh, I've been a cop. Uh, couple of weeks I'll be starting my uh, 25th year or 24th year. I'll be in 24 years. Uh, right now I, I run the, uh, the Drug Enforcement Administration office uh, in Colorado Springs. Um, and uh, to elaborate I think a little things on Ted, Ted asked about is that I've talked to Ted a great deal about the struggles. I, I'm a lot like Ted. Uh, I, I, a late bloomer. I've got two great sons that, uh, that uh, I've spent a lot of time away from. Um, at the same time, there's, there's no doubt that uh, I, I'm a different person when, uh, when, I, when I have the uniform on, although I don't wear a uniform anymore. I was a, a cop for 10 years before I uh, became a federal agent. Uh, now that I run an office that uh, covers a quarter of the state of Colorado, I find myself struggling at times uh, trying to be the guy that I am on Sunday and be that guy uh, Monday through Saturday or Monday through Friday. And uh, I, I, it's, it's torn at me a great deal here lately. So this was a, a perfect day. Okay, so, thanks Matt for being up front. And this is my son uh, Madison who's 17 and uh, Matt Jr. who's 19 and a, a freshman at CSU. Super. We're glad to have you guys. Anything you guys want to say? Uh, I think he's summed it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, anything you want to say? And, um, I'm Eric Anderson, uh, and I'm a senior at the Air Force Academy. Terrific. I'm hoping to work with the Army as an ALO after I graduate. Okay, that's great. Well, we, I know the Army would be glad to have you. Uh, let's let's uh, pop out a question to you guys first of all. Matt was really up front. Uh, I mean, you know, the, the, the challenge is when you're in the service, in the military or in the police business, that's a tough business. I mean, uh, the bottom line is you're, you're dealing with some tough people, uh, whether it's overseas or here within our own country. And uh, I think the, the, the toughest thing is that you may have to do bodily harm to somebody, you may have to kill somebody, and somebody may try to take you out and in some cases do it. I think that's the difference between this business and any other business. And uh, you cannot be a wallflower in that business. I mean, you, you have to know where you stand. You, you have to be willing to take somebody out. And uh, if you're trying to live a Christian life, that's a tough thing to deal with because, you know, the Ten Commandments say, thou shalt not kill. And so... Uh, so I, I would imagine that's kind of what some of us are wrestling with. So I, I guess what I'd like to do is throw the question out on the floor before we get going here in detail. I, I, did I summarize that pretty good? All right. Now, does anybody else have any other um, energy on, on, on the issues of being a good Christian in uniform? That's what we're going to talk about first. 
Gary, anything? Well, I kind of look at, you know, my 25 years, it, I saw a lot of comparison with my military creed principles and my Christian principles. Uh, you know, duty, honor, country, God the Father and the whole Holy Spirit, uh, character, uh, all the fruits of the Spirit have to be combined in. I think uh, to be a leader, lead uh, people in the military, your Christian traits really helped with that. Uh, so it was very beneficial to me to have those traits and work on them and apply it to military leadership also. Okay, good, good points. Anybody else have any comments? Dan. Uh, part of what I do now is uh, I'm on a, a new life, uh, life safety team and security. Uh, and my responsibility is to look out for the people in the new life church and myself as well. Uh, when I was in the Marine Corps, we were, our unit was designated as Recon. And I was in from 66 to 72. So, if you know, or may not know, I was in Vietnam era. And I think just my upbringing. When I was growing up as a young boy, at eight years old, I was killing things. Um, deer, elk, those kinds of things. Birds, which is a bit different than, than having to put your sights on a human being and uh, think about taking your life. It's something that, um, before I joined the, uh, the security team here in July, I, I had to reevaluate where I was at. What, what does that mean for, for me? I have completely made a peace between myself and the Lord that, that I'm, I'm doing something to protect um, other people so that they have the freedom to, uh, to worship our Lord and God. And I don't believe that God looks down on me or would look down on me for having to defend other people's rights to, to worship Him. Um, unfortunately, in this day and age, um, the world we live in, and the Bible tells us to turn the other cheek. But nowhere in the Bible do I find that what God tells us to be ignorant, to not protect ourselves. Um, and you can argue that back, back and forth for, for the other time. But it's a place where we have to come individually, I have to come individually, and say, Lord, I believe this is what you called me to do, and stand firm in that calling and not have a regret. Yeah, I, I would throw that. That's a good point. Is, is the process of being a peacemaker, and by the way, I mean, it says very clearly in Matthew 5-9, or 5-9 in Beatitudes, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the sons of God. Is, is a peacemaker, whether he be a policeman, uh, an undercover agent, or a soldier, sailor, airman, or marine, uh, is that biblical? Is, is serving that calling biblical? Go ahead, put Matt. No, I, I, I absolutely it is. I think it is. I, I think at the same time we have a higher calling, a higher standard for what we do. Um, it's you know there's there's a lot of soldiers and agents and police officers and public servants in general that that are not godly men and women. Um, at the same time, what I struggle with at times is 
being in the battle on a regular basis as I talk to Colonel Ted about a great deal and, and then having to put, uh, put your Christian cap back on because a lot of times <coughs> the square peg don't fit into the round hole. Okay. That's my struggle. I don't, I, I don't have any struggle with the, with the, uh, the safety and the security and, and, and what I'm called to do. Uh, I, I don't no more give that a, a thought because it, to me it makes me a little weaker to, to ponder it too long. I've, I've, I've <laughs> yeah. already made my decision and I, and I know I, I, I've dealt with it. Um, mine is on a personal level. You know, how you sometimes you have to get down in the gutter and uh, be gutter scum. Yeah. You know, you do. Sometimes you have to intimidate people, and how do you do that? You, you're mean. I, I can assure you, my boys will tell you, uh, you know, I, I can be mean. They've seen me, uh, you know, not at home, uh, but then it's, it's hard to turn that light switch off as well when you walk in the door, uh, you know. I'm the only guy in my family that uh, wasn't in the military, you know, so I took a different route. But I, I was afforded the opportunity not to be in the military. I was the only one or the first person in my family as a sibling to ever have a college education. So I, I got the best of all worlds. But I still struggle with it, as I'm sure military people do. When you're in battle, you, you're not... Uh, <laughs> you're not you're not toting a word. You're yeah. toting a different word. Yeah. Well, somebody else had a comment. Well, I was just thinking about King David. You know, he tried to do like the whole thing. You know, the, you know, scriptural, spiritual, whatever, to be a warrior. You know, right after King David was anointed, I know this verse because my wife said God gave it to her several years before she met me. She said God said your husband's going to have these qualities. The only reason I'm really familiar with the verse. Right after King David was anointed, Saul was having trouble, and he wanted someone to come and play for him. And uh, one of the young men answered this King Saul and said, Behold, I have seen the son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, who is a skillful musician, a mighty man of valor, a warrior, one rooted in speech, and a handsome man, which got most of the word anyway. And the Lord is with him. And, you know, that's the key change right there. That's 1 Samuel 16, verse 18. You know, so it says right there, this is right after he was anointed. We still think of him as a shepherd, but he already had a reputation as being a man of valor and a warrior. And obviously, God had plans for him. Yeah, that's that, that's and that's a good point because uh, you know to, I, I have uh, I'm I'm almost through my second swing through the Bible and I, I guarantee it didn't take me two years I think it's taken me about ten years to get through twice but uh, you know and uh, I'm just uh, into the David years on my second swing through the Old Testament and uh, what's what's really interesting is when you read uh, throughout the Old Testament I mean it's it's just full of incidents of soldiers beginning with Moses and the way he organized the Hebrews as they escaped and uh, the, the, the battle at the rock of, of Horeb against the Amalekites and uh, you know then you fast forward all the way up to, uh, the, to King David's time and King Saul's time I mean th those were brutal absolutely brutal days or Joshua you know crossing the Jordan into uh, into the promised land I mean you know I mean he basically was given the mission go forth and kill man, woman, child, and animal in many cases. And uh, I, I, as I was reading through that, having done a little bit of this business myself, you say, holy cow, I mean, that, you know, you know one of the things I've always said is, well, the reason we're having trouble in, uh, in those with the Palestinians right now is we didn't, we, Joshua didn't eliminate anybody. And that's kind of a, that's kind of a wise comment. But 
But as you read through uh, the Old Testament, through uh, Joshua and his, and his followers, you, you could see very quickly where you'd get tired of that. I mean, you'd just get tired of the brutality of it and the blood and the and probably asking your, yourselves the question, of why am I killing these babies, you know, or kids, you know, that kind of a thing. And yet that was what the Lord told them to do. So I, I guess the point is, I mean, the Bible is full of, uh, of armies who are, who are providing freedom for the good guys. And, uh, and that leads to the next question I want, want to get into before we talk about some of these challenges. Where, where are you guys with spiritual warfare? Does that play a part in this whole thing? Any comments? Go ahead. You're about ready to say something. Well, this is a thought that comes off my head right off the top. If you go into Ephesians chapter 6, which is the classic, like for better word, passage about spiritual warfare, all of the weapons there are defensive, with the exception of one. That's the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And so... Combine that with what Pastor Brady was talking about this morning with listening to the voice of God and making sure that you're listening to do what he wants you to do. You know, I, I, I think that's one of the things that we can bring you know, to the military as believers is making sure that we go up and do what we're supposed to do, do the mission, let God work through the ordained authorities, let God work through us, and then stop and go beyond Okay, that's a good... So, but for the most part, this defensive is... What what does the Bible say about your enemies? sure how we go about that because the world's not going to let us do that. The world's not going to let us do that. 
letting people be get spiritually get spiritual guidance or spiritual development in the army and military. I don't I don't think it's just too politically sensitive to say, well, we need to all go in here and pray before we go into the fight. We still do it, but I, there are a lot of people that just. And I'm especially concerned about the Middle East where I think there are some curses that still linger that are causing some of these things. And we need to battle those. And I think that's where a church can stand up and just pray hard for our men and women out standing up in the front line. I really believe that. Yeah, any of the fellows that have been here, you've been to the Middle East, I guess, multiple times. Do you have any, any comments on uh, spiritual warfare? Did you feel it when you were in, in country? Well, I only recently became a Christian, so I was not a Christian in combat. Um, so I can't really comment on that specifically, but I, I, I've, I've heard many a story from, from other Christians who just uh, Christian soldiers in the, in the community. And, I mean, one guy, a guy in the third group of Bragg, uh, team leaders, telling me, as soon as he stepped off the plane in Afghanistan, he just he just feel the evil. You just feel that the presence of the evil in that country, and it was just it was just overwhelming. Yeah. It's really hard to be strong, and uh, and he he knew up, up front that there was there was a, a definite there's huge spiritual battle going on there. Um, that was you know just as as prevalent to him as as, as the physical battle, and. Um, and, and he fought it spiritually, and, and uh, he has some, you know, some really amazing stories about, about God, you know, working through them with uh, helping them out in combat. And, uh, so. Yeah, I'd be interested. That's a good, a good comment. I would be interested that sometime during this discussion, if you, if you would share with us whether you feel better equipped as a, as a special ops leader now that you're a Christian to go back into the into the fray. I, I, I want to kind of share a, a, a personal experience. The, uh, you know, when the war started, uh, I volunteered to go back on active duty and get on an on-call list and was never tapped, you know, right away. So a friend of mine tapped me and said, we, we need some help holding the southern flank. We need, a, we need a, uh, somebody to be the uh, operations and training manager for the uh, Saudi Arabian National Guard. So I said, okay, I mean, if that's, the Army's not going to call me, that's what I'll do. So we lived in a compound uh, on the uh, eastern side of Riyadh, which was just full of Al-Qaeda. And uh, our compound was a triple barrier security. We had an armored vehicle on each corner, machine guns. We had two internal. We had 30 weapons on the inside to counter any uh, breach. Uh, you know, we, we drove through a series of barriers, and, and, I, and I, was a, I, had a, I had a price on my head. And so... And we were surrounded by seven mosques, I mean, within a block of the, of the compound wall. And as you guys know that have been in the Middle East, I mean, they, this, this was Sunni Muslims, so five times a day, man, you're getting blasted by prayer, out loud prayer call. And, uh, you know, it, it, didn't, it didn't take very long where, where you just absolutely feel the oppression in a situation like that. And I think that's probably what you're talking about. I mean, you, you can just feel it. I mean, it's heavy with it in the Middle East. Uh, I didn't feel it in Israel, but I, but I, I felt every place else I've been in, in the Middle East, and I've been in most countries and spent some time there, you, you just feel the oppression. 
And so for me, as a Christian, having budded at that point in time, I mean, we started a... Uh, uh, pretty strong Bible study group, and then we started services on the compound, even though it was illegal on Sunday. And you know, my boss put up with me, and, uh, and and that's how we combated that. But the point is, I think spiritual warfare is alive and well. And when you read, I'm not trying to influence you at all. I, I guess I would influence you to go read about read about Islam and read about Muhammad. You know, I, I got to tell you, my personal belief is that he he was influenced by somebody that looked like, smelled like, but wasn't. Uh, but but I, I think that uh, that's a bad guy, faith, religion, sect, wh whatever you want to call it. And so it, it's kind of us against them. And so from my perspective, spiritual warfare is alive and well. And I would think in your business, you, you can probably feel that too when you're dealing with a bunch of, uh, of bad guys who are under the influence of evil. Sure. So um, before we go any further, what I'd kind of like to do is get your ideas on in uniform, what are the challenges of being a Christian? I mean, today, whether you're in the police force, Matt kind of uh, intimated uh, about it a little bit. Uh, we've had guys that are in the military. Is it easy to be a Christian in today's uniformed services? Uh, they're, they're all macho, because when you're, when you're out trying to do bodily harm to somebody or keep the peace in one form or another, I mean, you've got to get tough with, with people who are influenced by evil. So is Christianity a popular thing to do? I mean, what, what are some of the challenges that you guys see? We'll write them down here. We've already talked about some of them. There's brutality versus Christian doctrine, spiritual warfare. What else? I think, first of all, for, for me, it, it, we're outnumbered. You know? I mean, uh, I, I think, at least in my business, the, the, the number of agents, law enforcement, whatever, there are Christians, uh, at least open Christians, and uh, you know you're 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 a minority. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. And uh, it's funny after after you've been a Christian in the military for a while or in your unit, you seek out those other Christians. It's it's, it's as hard. But uh, the guy who led me to Christ, uh, he'd been in the army for almost two years, hadn't met a single. Christian friend, and that he could, you know, you know, just you know, be Christian with, you know, <laughs> and, and uh, you know, draw strength from each other. He had been a single one, and uh, about the time I've been, he, he, he was actually, you know, going, going down the wrong path and, and doing things he shouldn't have been doing. Is it that they, uh, you know, the statistics will say that we're 80% Christian in the United States, so I, I guess I'd fire back at you. Is it because they aren't Christian or because it's not the right thing to do to be Christian openly. That's what I was going to say next. And I don't know that the number is, it's because there's a few of us, it seems like only a few that were, that are outwardly, you know, that talk about going to church, that talk about coming to a guy's morning out on Saturday. You know, I mean, I, I took a stack of these to my office and laid them out. <laughs> You know, I, I'm sure they ended up in the trash can. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe people took them. Uh, but I, I think the same thing is that, is that whether it's, whether or not we're outnumbered or whether or not it's, they're just not proud to, to stand up and proclaim it, uh, I don't know. Yeah, well, I, mean, I think people don't, who don't live the Christian life and, and know they don't aren't, aren't going right. to go out and, and talk about it right. for, for whatever reason. And uh, it's kind of funny. Um, one of the other guys I work with is 
the guy led me to Christ. We became you know close friends, best friends now. He's like, and uh, some other guy that I worked with is like, hey, uh, so uh, you know, so why did uh, why did you and Justin hang out all, all the time now? He's like, oh, you know, we're both Christian. He's like, hell, yeah, so am I. And it's like, <laughs> it's just like. I was like, I could not explain. I was like, ah, oh, well, you know, we go to the same church, you know, like, we're just good friends. I just, I couldn't explain it to him. You know, like, there's a difference, I think, in the, in the people's definition of Christian and just, just the way what our Christian society in the U.S. has really turned into, I think. But, um, it's just, uh, yeah, it's interesting how a lot of people will just, assume that they are, or call themselves Christian, and, and assume that they are, but if they're not living it, they really have absolutely no desire to, to discuss it or to talk about it. Or do you find that there are times when you're about ready to step across the LD or do some execute some kind of a mission where guys all of a sudden become religious? They, they need yeah. God. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know, I've only been a Christian for a year. Uh, so just about a year ago. Just over a year ago. It's kind of funny. LD being line of departure, guys. Okay, I'm sorry. That's where you start the attack. Go when ahead. We go out when we're in the rear and you know just doing the day-to-day job. People really don't have anything to do. They don't really, they're not really interested. You know, they might talk to you for a few minutes about it, but nothing in depth. But like when we go out to some serious training or, or somewhere out in the field, you know, and and there, there's nothing else out there. Um, but but sucks. You know, like guys like. It's funny how quickly so many people will, will join your Bible study or, or sit down and talk about it or ask about it or ask if they can borrow your Bible or read it for a little bit. You know? It's very interesting. Uh, okay. It's as if they become vulnerable or, or just, or, or maybe it's a lack of distraction, a little bit of distraction. Yeah, that's good Good points. I appreciate your input. Gary, you were going to say something. Yeah. Um, military police. We live in a different culture. We do not live in the normal civilian culture. We don't think like civilians do. That's maybe what you're dealing with your boss. We don't think like that. Why? And then the point I put there, when to be hard and when to be soft. Uh, in the military, you have to know when to be hard. You have to tell people what to do, when to do it. It, it, it's hard. And then there's a soft side of it too. And that constant conduct uh, in there, um, when to be hard, when to be soft. When to be, and we have a different language. Okay? Uh, our civilian life would probably not accept some of that language. Uh, and it means different things to different people. Um, and you get caught up in that. Why can you say you've been out in, in the field too long? Uh, had a hard time adjusting to coming 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 home with my three sons. Okay, to turn it off, turn on the different thing. But I've always uh, followed David and the Bible. Here was the warriors of all warriors. Um, he was masterful, brave, strong, dedicated. I don't know if I'd have given twenty. 120 horse cans for my for my wife, and to go and and go and get them. That's pretty doggone brutal, even in my standards. Okay, uh, 
he had a spiritual side to him too. God called him man after his own heart. It was, he was soldier. He was a soldier soldier. So there is that ability to do both of those things. Um, now the issue is how do you do that? And what I've kind of come to to be the proper soldier, proper leader. If you don't have God, don't have that spirituality, uh, your job's going to be a whole lot tougher. So it's, uh, and it, it is amazing how your civilian friends will, will react to you. But they don't understand the bond between a military guy. Okay? They don't understand that. They cannot grasp that, 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 that bond. Whether you're retired or in the service, there's a bond there. Okay? Um, that's, it's like glue. Um, you don't have that in the civilian world. Um, wish they did, but they don't. So my issue was always when to be hard and when to be soft and combine those. Yeah, good point, Gary. Um, early on in my Christian walk, um, I really Where we can 
we can go into battle, we can get ready to go into battle, and we lay that before the Lord, whether we have Christian friends with us or not, and trust that God's going to guide and lead us. Your witness on that battlefield and back in the kind of safe compound needs to remain the same. Regardless of what other people do, they should not impact what you do with the Lord, what your relationship is with God. It needs to be strong, it needs to be firm, and you need to have a resolve that's, that's unbroken, that's unshaken. And uh, like I said, I had to come to that place in my own heart where I was at peace with that. Okay, trusting that God is going to do what he's going to do. And, and, and as long as I believe in that and trust in that, I, I can't go wrong. Whether it's a favorable outcome or not a favorable outcome, and you've got to trust in that and believe that God's going to have to do the best thing for you in that circumstance. Yeah, good, good input, Dan. Any, any reaction to Dan? Let me just read you a couple of... Uh, uh, verses here that uh, it's going to cover different subjects, but I think it kind of touches upon some of the things we've discussed, and then we'll then we'll come back to kind of fleshing out this uh, list here that I have on the board. Now, first of all, I'd like to read you a verse from Luke, uh, verse six, verse twenty-seven. Uh, this says, "Love your enemies, do good for those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistrust you." I mean, that's that's pretty blatant. And, uh, and so, you know, the way I look at it and some of the bad guys I've dealt with in my life, I mean, I can pray for that guy. I can pray for him to change and find the Lord. And then if he comes at me, you know, you're going to have to be brutal. And you, and you go back and you can base that on biblical folks who have done that. So, for example, Muslims. I mean, I've spent a lot of time in the Muslim world in the last... 10 years. So I, I pray for those guys. I pray for them daily. I pray for them to change. I pray for them to find the Lord. But by golly, if they come at me or my family or this country, then watch out. And that's what you're dealing with daily, Matt. And that's what you're going to deal with when you go back as a, as a special ops leader. And that's what some of us have dealt with before in facing the enemies. And that doesn't make it easy. But then it gets back to what Dan said, and that is trust in the Lord. Don't lose your faith. And there are some tough things. For example, the one that I, uh, you know, probably to a fault, and I would imagine a lot of you guys are the same, you can tell a lot from somebody's eyes. <laughs> you know, I'll shake somebody's hand, look them in the eyes, and I've already made up my mind about that person. And about 99.9% .9 of the time, I've been right in my 65 years on this planet. And that's a tough one. So it says... Uh, your eye, this is from Luke 11, verses 34-35. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eyes are good, your whole body is full of light. But, when they are bad, your body is also full of darkness. See to it then that the light within you is not darkness. Now, I think that's important here because when you're dealing with what Matt deals with on a daily basis or what some of you guys have dealt with in the past, you're seeing some pretty nasty things out there. So as the light of the, the lamp of your heart, I mean, you're seeing some nasty things. So the, 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 the trick is, how do I deal with what I've seen and live with that? Whether they're dealing with bad guys or seeing a, something happen to a buddy, 
or seeing something happen to the enemy and you're trying to deal with it after the fact. Uh, so, so that's pretty key and that's when you have to turn to other verses in the Bible. But it also is pertinent today as you lead other Christians in the uniform that you wear. If you look at pornography today, boy, that's, that's all feeding in to that soul of that person. And so as a Christian leader, when you spot somebody like that, I, I think we have the obligation as a Christian to try to steer somebody away from that because that really tears down the soul of that person and leaves him open to the, to the enemy. And all you young guys, I mean, you've got to deal a lot more with that than we had to as youngsters or I had to when I was raising my five kids, three of whom were sons, two daughters. So I'd ask you to remember that, uh, that little piece. Uh, just let me find it again. Luke, Luke 11, verses 34-35. Um, let's see another one I want to... I talked about blessed is the peacemakers. Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk throw out to you was uh, about being persecuted. I think, uh, you know, as you, you've kind of talked about... We've talked about the macho peace. Uh, and I think the challenge for us Christians is that when we walk with our brothers in, in arms, whether in the military or out of the military, uh, the, the challenge is that you, you can be persecuted because being a Christian isn't cool. Right? And so, uh, so, so you've you got to figure out how to handle that in your own way. But I, I would say Matthew 5, verses 10 through 12 is pretty important, where it says, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness... Uh, righteousness of, for theirs and is the oh for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I wrote this down late last night, so I have trouble reading my own writing. <laughs> Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, or and falsely say all kinds of uh, evil against you because of me. This is Christ talking. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So there are guys who have done this before you. And I think, as some of you have intimated before, as we get further along in this politically correct world, and we get into where people are more secular, standing up and being a Christian in your business, or the business you're about ready to enter, is more difficult. But the good Lord has picked you, and you're a warrior for Him in your own respect, and you're going to have to stand tough, and the Bible gives us our marching orders. So that's a verse that I want you... Uh, listen, we're supposed to be out of here right now. Do you guys want to continue, or you you want a break? We'll, we'll press on here for another 10, 15 minutes, if that's okay with you. We are going to get where we wanted to go today, but that's okay. Uh, then, then another thing that follows the eyes is in Proverbs uh, 4. I don't have the verse. Uh, Above all, guard your heart. For it is the wellspring of life. Put away perversity from your mouth. Keep corrupt talk from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Keep your foot from evil. Okay, so that's that's kind of a tough thing to do as you're into some of these uh, into some of these tougher things that you're asked to do as either a policeman or a soldier. Now, let me ask uh, some other things uh, of you. What, is fear a challenge in your business? What? Fear. Fear? Yeah. 
and I think I think it's important to, for me to at least to, to embrace that. You know, I, I am the man I am, and uh, I'm not going to sacrifice that to do my job. And I'll tell you, at least in, in my position, like, yeah, I'm sure there's 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 people who like, you know, have comments behind backs about, oh, that guy doesn't cuss, doesn't drink, you know, he doesn't get drunk, whatever, blah blah blah, and uh, you know, joke about that. But it hasn't negatively affected me one bit. I think that's a. I think that's a great attitude, and I and I would be interested. In anybody have any comments to that? No, I, I'm envious, and I'm much older. Yeah. You know, and I think it just goes back to what Pastor Brady said today. And you can uh, try to figure out in your own mind of why uh, why you're here preaching what you're what you're saying and what he said. You know, I think it comes down to everybody being built differently. You know, and, yep. and, and we all make sacrifices, whether they're the right sacrifices or not. I think it comes down to the sin and what we, what we after, uh, and you've been in six years, yeah, right? So after 24 years of what sacrifices you make, and, you know, do you just get tired of it? Do you get aggravated with it? I, I, I say that not to deter you, because I'd love to march behind you, because that's a great, that's the right attitude. By far, I think. Yeah. Um, not everybody's going to be able to live that, live that life, and and, and we should. By far, I, I think that's the right path. You should continue doing what you're doing. I, I I think that's for everybody else that maybe at your young age don't have it as figured out because you've pretty much drawn the line in the sand. You have. You you you've you're doing it right. And by putting it out there saying, this is how I'm going to live it. Yeah, I, For I, me, I, I need to get to where you're at. Yeah, I, I, Matt, well, well, both of you, well said. And I, I appreciate that. I, that, that kind of, let, let's talk about five more minutes here and then we'll, we'll blast if we need to. But I guess my, uh, the, the, kind of where I was heading this whole thing was, if you, throughout the Bible, whether it's the Old Testament or the New Testament, there are, there are guides there from the Ten Commandments to the Beatitudes to uh, that set forth in Luke, Acts, uh, so on and so forth about how to live, how to conduct your life. And I think it's very important as a Christian uh, fella in uniform to live the Christian life and stand firm with it. And, uh, and, and people are eventually going to respect you. I mean, if you, let's look at Band of Brothers, World War II. Uh, Dick uh, Winters. I mean, that guy was a, a had had strong faith. His soldiers initially made fun of him, but when they saw what a what a warrior he truly was, they quickly learned to respect him. And the bottom line is, he influenced people uh, in faith. So, uh, you know, the, the bottom line is, the the Lord is asking you to stand firm. Where it doesn't happen. Where leaders and Christians don't stand firm, other things begin to happen. You know, one of the things that I studied when I went into the war college was the Mylai incident. That, that, that's a terrible incident. I mean, we had thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of good soldiers doing what they were supposed to do. But what do most Americans remember is the Mylai incident. What happened in the Mylai incident? A total breakdown in discipline, rapes being allowed, indiscriminate killing of people who might not even have had a a weapon and may not have been an enemy and and consequently I mean evil took over that situation 
So as men in uniform, you're going to be asked to do some not nice things in order to, to keep the peace and preserve the freedom for our nation and for others who we are trying to help out, which is what Brady's been talking about for months now, is helping mankind. And when it comes time for that, you're going to have to absolutely be brutal. But at the same time, you're going to have to keep your feet firmly planted in the Lord. And it gets down to talking about some of the things that Brady's been telling us to do. Be a living example daily, which is what you're talking about. Daily reading of the Word. I find I've got to do that. When I don't do that, I kind of step away from, from the, the, the life that the Lord wants me to, to live. Hearing God. For me, it's never been a voice. But boy, when I pray for something, it sure is a feeling that comes on me. Either hours later, days later, whatever it is. I mean, that, that works. Seeking counsel from those you trust and are willing to share with. Uh, being the light for those around you and the example, which is what both of you are talking about, and helping mankind daily. And that's, that's I think, is what it's all about, but you've got to keep your, your uh, feet firmly planted in the Word. And that's kind of where all this is led. Cole, could I ask you to read that, that uh, verse, please? And it's what Brady ended up with today. Thank you very much. I think that uh, that says it all. That's a good way, place to end. Um, as what I would call an alibi, uh, kind of an after the after the end kind of a thing. Uh, I want to tell you a story about uh, about men, though. I I've had something that occurs uh, that has occurred to me in the last uh, year and a half that's really been interesting for me. I was a rifle company commander in Vietnam, 101st Airborne Division. And I was wounded, and I was evac'd after about, uh, I don't know, six and a half months of command. Never saw those guys again. Always wondered what happened to them. Been thinking about them for 40 years. Uh, two years ago, I registered myself on the 1st Battalion, 327th Airborne Infantry website as having commanded Delta Company of that battalion during a certain period of time. And didn't think anything more about it. Uh, November a year ago, I was contacted by two of my old squad leaders and one of my old radio telephone operators. And then they contacted me again, and then they asked for help in, in uh, setting up a reunion. So I've been working with those guys and their wives and, and setting up a reunion. So here, we're gonna, this rifle company is going to get together uh, 40 years later, almost 41 years later, after we were together in a very tough area in the mountains of I-Corps, Vietnam. And what's, what's, uh, what's amazing is that uh, if you talk about PTSD, and that's, that's one of the things that I would ask you guys, and it's just as applicable in your area, where they might be able to handle it now, but what I've found is that there are some, if there's some brutal things that have taken place uh, that involve uh, taking life, uh, those guys are going to think about that their, their whole lives. There are some things that I've thought about my whole life I've been dealing with. I, you know, could I have done that better? Did I need to do that? Those kinds of things. And, uh, and, and, the people who have their, firm, their feet firmly planted with the Lord, I'm finding as, I, as we're uncovering these troopers, they're okay. 
I mean, they're still thinking about it, but they're okay. I'm not sure you ever get over it. But the guys that don't have their feet firmly planted in the Lord have trouble in dealing with some of the things that they've seen or dealt with or done. And it's why uh, I've asked for two good chaplains uh, to assist me uh, when, we, when we have this effort out here so that hopefully we can bring some more people over to the Lord and allow them to, to deal with some of the things that they've seen or done in their lives. So uh, I respect what you said. I'm not sure it'll be as clean as you think in the long run. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's the person I am, you know. No, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not, at, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I encourage that. I just want you to be sensitive to the fact that just because you live it and set the example, that doesn't mean you're not going to have to, as a strong Christian, help other men who, who, who don't have the right tools, Christian tools, to, to handle the situation. So, guys, that's about where we wanted to go today. Any, any questions or comments before we break? Great conversation, great thoughts. Thank you very much for what you do, either now serving or supporting those who do serve and uh, minimally interested people. And for you young guys, uh, from my perspective, I'll tell you, there is not a better uh, career and group of people for however long you stay with it that you can work with. The, the military and the uniform services, like what Matt's doing, it's a special calling. And uh, so I wish you the very best. And I'm a New Life Church guy, and anytime you ever want to talk to me offline, I'd be glad to. Okay? Have a cup of coffee or Coke or whatever. Thanks very much. Have a great weekend. Thanks for participating. Sure.